Well, again, good morning to you all, and it's so good to be here with you, uh, sharing in uh, worshiping together and uh, just being present as the, the family of God, both here and with uh, those who are with us at home. Um, I don't know whether you ever have read the Bible and you, you read something and you just kind of glossed over something really important. You didn't, you didn't even realize it at the time. Uh, that, and it's interesting, as, as I read through uh, Genesis, at the very start of the Bible, there's something fascinating to me that, that we could very easily just gloss over. We could, we could read it and, and miss it. Um, and it, it gives, it's very critical for understanding our human makeup and how God created us and what that means for us uh, as human beings and as the church. And so what we find is in the, the week of the creation week, God had a kind of a formula that he used. Uh, he would say, uh, you know, God, he would ex- express his, his uh, desire and his statement of what his intention was. And for instance, he says on the first day, and God said, and here's the pronouncement, let there be light. And uh, then we have the fulfillment of whatever it was that God spoke and wanted to uh, come into being. And so it was, and there was light. And then God kind of evaluates what he's done. And he says, uh, God saw that the light, that it was good. And so we've kind of got this process going through the days of creation and uh, some of these formula that are repeated several times. But there's one very interesting thing that's curious uh, to us. Uh, as God was making these positive appraisals about his work, uh, I, you know, let this be, and it was, and God saw that it was good, and he goes on and... and um, what, what we see is uh, he granted to mankind the, uh, the responsibility of, uh, of uh, uh, sh- uh, showing uh, what his intention was. He put him in this beautiful garden. He actually had him name all the animals in the garden, and everything was really perfect, we would say. Here is this man who is intelligent, off-the-charts intelligent, uh, somebody who is strong, strapping, just a specimen of a human, uh, of a human being, um, granted this task of naming the animals, and everything seemed really actually perfect. Um, here, is, here is a guy who is, is brilliant, he's capable, uh, he is just everything you would want in humanity, and he has a face-to-face relationship with God. He, he walks with God in the garden. He talks with God. Everything you could want, um, he has in, in this place. And then God makes this stunning pronouncement. And we're absolutely jolted when we hear what he says because he says to us, um, it's not good. It's not good. 
here, here God, everything he did and created was good, but now he's making a declaration, uh, looking at his creation. It's not good, he says. And, um, and how can it be not good if God has done it? What more do you want than to be in this beautiful environment with God on a one-on-one -on -one basis with you? Uh, to live in paradise with God. In Genesis uh, 2.18 uh, God, says, God says this, the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. Something was deficient in this beautiful creation that God made, and, and uh, he needed something else. He said it was not good that the man should be alone. Well, what, do you, what more do you want? You've got God all to yourself, you, you, you're not tainted by sin intellectually or, or socially or in any way. He, he's got this perfect environment, and it's stunning. And he basically says, it's not good for the man to be alone because I created him to be a social being, a social creature. And when you see what God does, it's interesting that he creates the man early on the sixth day. He fashions him uh, out, out, of the, out of the ground, this, this specimen in every way. He gives them the task of naming all the animals. He tells them what he wants them to know and to do and what he wants them not to do and, and to stay away from. And, but even with this, he says there's something missing in his life. There's something that's not right. In, in Genesis 2.18, he says this, I will make a helper suitable for him. He needs human companionship. And, and you may be thinking sometimes about yourself, why do I want to be with people? Like, am I weird or is this wrong of me? Or, or, or what is this? Why is it that I, I want to be with people? I want to have friendships. I want to have, uh, I want to have relationships that are, that are deep and, into, uh, and uh, uh, meaningful for us. And I remember years ago, Barbara Streisand popularized a song called People. And the words went, people, people who need people are the luckiest people in the world. And, and I would stop her and say, no, you, you haven't got it right. They're not the luckiest people. They're the most normal people in all the world because God created us outside of even himself to desire and to need human companionship as we traverse this journey that we are going on. We were never meant to be lone rangers. We were never meant to live in, in monasteries of seclusion and isolation, to be holed up in uh, obscurity. We were meant to have significant relationships with other people, both giving and taking, both knowing and being known. And, and so we look at this and it's not weird at all. This is how God created us. And it's expressed in different ways um, as, we, as we look at our lives. Uh, see, we're all different people. We all have different tolerances. And we all need people. Some of you need a, 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 you know, a stadium full of people. You're just bouncing off the walls. And some of you need just one friend, one person that you can really count on. But we all need human friendship and, and, uh, uh, and, and have that capacity for that. Well, you say, where does this come from? Where, where does this come from that uh, there is this 
this kind of need in us. And I would say we need to look no further than God in whose image humankind was created. Uh, where does it come from? It comes from a triune God, uh, one God expressed eternally in three persons, the person of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they have a relationship, and it's a relationship of, of mutuality. They're, they're, they love one another. They're united with one another. They're in harmony with one another. And God said, this is what I want for you, humanity. I want you to enjoy what I enjoy uh, as, as God with, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, and so it's so important for us to recognize this, that God has built deep into our psyche a need to uh, be in community, a need to be in relationship, meaningful relationship with other people who are our uh, fellow human beings. Now remember we've said, uh, as we think about the series we're in, um, that grow up. God wants us to grow up. God wants us to uh, to uh, spread our wings. He wants us to grow in every way spiritually. He wants us to become more and more like Jesus. And in doing that, we said there were three inputs that we need in our lives. The, the first one we said was we need God. God makes it grow. God, uh, somebody uh, plants, somebody waters, but God makes it grow. And our spiritual relationship is to be uh, so tuned into God and God pouring himself into us to make us grow. Well, we also said that we need to have a personal commitment ourselves. It's not good enough for us just to do nothing and expect God to grow us. We cooperate with God and, and we give ourselves to this. We, we discipline ourselves. We do what God wants us to do and we grow with that. But the third one is this. It's through the agency of relationship with other believers that God has us grow. Now, I want, to, uh, I want you to look at a couple of verses here. Ephesians 4, 16 says this, from him, that's from Jesus, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You see, if you want to grow spiritually, and you say, oh, I don't seem to be growing spiritually. God says there's a part of your growth that has to do with your being connected with other believers. And, and the believers build themselves up together with all these diverse gifts that they have. Um, in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says this, Therefore, encourage one another, and look it, and build each other up just as, in fact, you're doing you want to grow spiritually, you want to grow and, and be developed, you need to know that you need to be connected with other people, that just as, in fact, you're doing this, you're encouraging one another and building each other up. Um, Paul likens the church to a body, and the body has all these various parts, but we need all of these parts. We need all of the, the different parts that come together to make up the body and to make it healthy. But it's also that we need to be meaningfully connected and growing as we help others and as they help us. And unless you're connecting in meaningful ways, you're going to be shortchanging yourself. 
Uh, you can't get by the, the New Testament either without understanding that we have a responsibility. And uh, in that, there's a very uh, interesting feature in the New Testament, and it is this, that we have a, uh, a whole uh, number, numerous, numerous uh, references to this little word, um, one another, one another. Do this for one another, one another. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going to just show you a number of them, and uh, some of these will happen multiple times in the New Testament. But, but look at these one another's in the New Testament. Love one another. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another. Live in harmony with one another. Don't pass judgment on one another. Accept one another. Instruct one another. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Serve one another in love. Uh, carry each other's burdens. Uh, be patient with one another. Be compassionate with one another. Forgive each other. Submit to one another. Bear with each other. Teach one another. Admonish one another. Build each other up. Encourage one another daily. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for each other. Offer hospitality to one another. Do you see? You can't do Christianity you can't do New, Christ, New Testament Christianity if you're not connected with other people whom you are helping and they're helping you. And so I think this is so important to us. We were meant, created by God, to need each other, and we need each other as Christians. Even though we have God, we have a need for other believers to be in our life in, in a very meaningful way. And if you don't have that, I want to tell you, you are severely handicapping your potential for spiritual growth. You need others in your, your life but they need you in your life as well. Being connected, you see, is not optional for us. It's not like I, I, something, check the box if you want to have relationships with other believers. No, you, you can't do it without uh, committing yourself to what God has for us. So the question is, how do we, how do we connect meaningfully um, as fellow believers? Well, one way we do it is uh, with Sunday worship services. Um, it's important for us as we gather uh, that we need something uh, more than what we have. We, we, we come here, we get together, uh, we look at the backs of someone's head. We have, we have a worship service, and, and it's it's. It's a fantastic, I look for it, it's a highlight of my life uh, to come and to gather with you and to pray and, and to sit under the ministry of the word and to sing our praises to God. And, and uh, we come and we worship and we pray and, and we read Holy Scripture and we sing and we share in communion and we listen to a message from the Scripture. And, uh, but we, we can come and we can go without sharing deeply in people's lives. And so as important and as critical as our worship services are, we need something more than this kind of relationship. Now, I am heartened and I, I'm so uh, encouraged when I see after church people, a little cluster of people here gathering and praying or people talking and helping each other and all of the rest. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. 
so many people are able to come into church, sit in a passive way, and walk out and not have received what God has for them. So how, how have we as a church tried to produce and promote this kind of interaction that's meaningful for us? Well, it's through this. It's through life groups. And uh, this is a, uh, a main uh, focus that we have of that is, is for people to gather together uh, who are journeying faith, in faith to study the Bible, to pray, to support each other, to hold each other accountable. So I want you to think of coming from looking at the back of someone's head to now face-to-face -face relationship. We are looking each other in the eye. And, and, uh, and, and so we have this expression of togetherness. Now I want to tell you a few things that I think are really important about this for our personal growth and uh, for our health spiritually. And so there are a few things that I want uh, you to, to see and note on this. Um, one of the great blessings of it is this. There's a sense of identity and belonging. It's interesting. We can come and we can gather together, and, uh, and we can leave. And nobody knows us, really, Nobody understands us. Nobody knows what we're going through. We can come in and we can go out. And um, how, do, how do I get identified with the people of God? I need something more. I need something that connects me with, with them. Uh, I, need, I need a sense of belonging. You can, you can come into our church, and I think one of the things that we do uh, really well is we greet new people. Uh, we welcome them. We want them to come. Uh, we, we're, we're so happy when people come and, and we just open our arms for them. But you know what can happen sometimes? You can, you can come in and receive a really n great and warm welcome. You can leave at the end of the service and somebody can say, hey, great to have you here. And, and when we, we, you remember when we used to be able to shake hands? You know, we kind of do this thing now. But they can leave and, and, and come back next week and they may enjoy what happens and they leave. And you, you, all of a sudden you realize, I don't really know anybody. I don't even know the people who I sit around. I don't know their name. I say hi to them every week. But there's, it, it stops there. One thing that broke my heart as a pastor in a previous church that I, I served in, um, there was a couple who had come to our church and they just weren't connecting. And they were, they were kind of frustrated. They, they wanted to be connected to, to other believers and to get to know them and, and to have somebody who would know their name and whatnot. And they thought, all right, we're going to really put ourselves out there. We're going to sign up for the Christmas banquet. And so they signed up for the Christmas banquet. And uh, the night they got dressed up and they came uh, to the fellowship hall where the, uh, where, where the uh, uh, celebration was going to be and they came up to a table and uh, they began to pull back the chair to sit down and somebody said, oh, oh, I'm sorry, those are taken. So they went to the next table and there were chairs that were pushed up against the table saying, taken. And they went from place to place to place being shut out. And finally they found one place where they could uh, they could sit. 
they told me the story afterwards, and I, it just broke my heart as a pastor because you, you see people and you want to connect them. And I'm not blaming our people entirely. I know you come with your friends and that kind of thing. But, but we need a place where we know each other's name. We need a place where we can, we can connect with each other and, and, and in a more deep and meaningful way. We can be known and share our lives together. And um, if you're one of those people, my prayer is for you that you would get connected in, in a meaningful way. Uh, and, and you'd have a sense of identity amongst us. We would know you, you would know us, and we would serve and help each other. Well, that's one, one thing. Another thing is a sense of accountability. Um, all of us are prone to wander, to slip away. And, and uh, if you don't know or you're not known by people, you can miss a Sunday and two Sundays, and three Sundays, and six Sundays, and three months. And you, you may not go unnoticed as, as, you know, this person is missing in action. No, something, something may be tragically wrong in their life, and they need help, but there's nobody to help them, and so they just stopped coming. And I've seen that kind of thing happen. Uh, I've seen what it is. We need a sense of accountability in, in our life group, if, if somebody's not there for two or three weeks, like we're on the phone, hey, what's the matter? Is, is everything okay? And sometimes they're going through a difficult time and they just need somebody to help them. But there's a sense of accountability. It, it's, uh, here's a, a beautiful thing in, uh, uh, in Galatians 6.1. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin... You who are spiritual should restore him or her gently, but watch yourself or you may be tempted. There needs to be a sense of accountability. Who's looking after your soul? Who's concerned about you? Who knows that when you're not there for two or three weeks, there might be something wrong or you may be struggling with something uh, very difficult. I remember in a previous ministry setting that I was in that a woman uh, left her husband to have an affair with some other guy. And uh, when we came to know uh, the, what was going on, we couldn't just let that person go. You know, it says, if someone is caught in a sin, you're her spiritual, restore that person, but do it gently with, with respect to your own susceptibility. And we went and we pled with this woman to come back to her husband, to, to be restored, to, to turn from her sin. And, you know, gratefully, she did do that. But who's, who's holding you accountable? It's, it's interesting. Uh, I have a man who is a, a wonderful mentor to me. And he could call me out on something and challenge me. And, and we need to be willing to do that. Uh, accountability. But also... Life groups are doing great because they're for caring and for meeting needs. Um, we can go through tough times, but we can go through sometimes and make it out the other end if we have people with us. Uh, we need support. We need care. We need encouragement. We need somebody who can come alongside us. 
In, in Galatians 6, 2, it says this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Some people are carrying terrible burdens, but you know what? You can come alongside and share that burden and, and help them through that time. That's so important. Um, in my going into my final year of college, training for ministry, um, I had been taking full, uh, full courses, sometimes up to seven courses a semester, um, I was shaving a year off my, uh, my program by taking extra courses and doing summer school. And I came to the, I came to the uh, end of the third year, and I had had it. Uh, I scared Gerda because I said, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this any longer. I was on the, the point of burnout. We had in our church while we were training, the church we were in had a, a couple of older ministers who who'd have together probably about 85 years of pastoral experience and and uh, this one this one retired pastor uh, doc esterbrooks uh, gerda said why don't you why don't you go see the doc you know go talk to him and and um, and we did and i i explained to him you know how burnt out i was and fried and and i'm you know i'm looking to uh, to cash out at this point you know, he said to me, Kevin, you are so close to the end. He said, hang on, we're going to pray for you and we'll stand with you. And, and, and here I am today because of that. Somebody cared. Somebody reached out to me in a time of need. Do you have somebody who's meeting you, helping you, encouraging you? Well, that's important. Um, next, there's serving and outreach. In Galatians 5.13, it says, um, serve one another in love. Uh, Jesus said, if you want to be great, then this is what you need to do. You need to become a servant to everybody. Uh, that didn't, by the world standards, didn't look like what, it, what would be uh, something that you'd want to do. But this is what he says. We're called to serve one another. And, and what, what is so neat to see somebody like a, a young mom with, with children and be able to come and help and serve her and, and, and get them through a difficult time. I've seen uh, some of our life groups have gone down to TAC as a whole group have gone. Hey, wouldn't that, if you need people, <laughs> listen up. Um, but, but to go and serve. And so the whole group said, hey, we can go as a group and do this. We'll all make stuff and we'll all go down and, and we'll serve as a group. I, I think sometimes we miss the power of what we can do together. And, and uh, you know, here, here's, here's the neat thing, too, that I've seen with, with our life group. Uh, we've, had, we've had friends come in and sit in with us for a week or two and and they have been exposed to the gospel. They said, hey, we'd love you to meet our, our life group, have brought people in, and, and it's so neat. I, I can remember one occasion when somebody in our life group had some expertise that could help a friend of somebody else in our, in our uh, life group, and, so, and they said, hey, would you, like to, would you like to come and join us in our church? 
And this woman said, I'd love to. And, and what a blessing it was for me to see this whole group of our life group standing after the service here, talking, getting to know this woman, reaching out to her. And, and we have made special attempts um, in our life group to, to join forces together and pray and, and for each other's friends and to have a uh, connection that way. See, I think even in sharing our faith and outreach, it doesn't have to be a, si a solo gig. It can be something that we all participate in in different ways. And so that it was so uh, incredibly great for me to see our group working together, helping a friend and uh, helping them uh, to n understand and know the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, there's another thing we do, and that's we engage with the Bible in applying the truth to life. What we're concerned with is, is not how much do you know, but how much are you practicing? And, and uh, it's, it's kind of interesting uh, in, this, in this whole thing. Uh, we engage with the Bible. Let me tell you the tradition I grew up with. Uh, very religious family. Um, I started life. We didn't have a nursery in those days. Uh, but I started life in church from when I was like two weeks old or whatever it was on. And, and um, when we got on later, we went to Sunday school, we went to morning service, we went to evening service, and we went to a midweek service. Um, and we were, we were uh, chuck full. I was, uh, I, we did sword drills, and you'd have to see who could fastest find that place in the Bible, and we did all, all that kind of stuff. But you know what? You can learn and learn and learn and learn. But God is not interested in, in, in how much you know. He's interested in what you're doing with it. And so when we gather in life groups, our predominant source is not to have a deep, uh, a deep, deep uh, study time in the Bible. The Bible, yes, but just not, not focusing on that, but on practicing what the Bible says. And so it's so critical for us is to, uh, to help people obey what Scripture's saying. That's so critical because God is going to judge us on the basis of not how much did we know, but what were we practicing. And so we, we do this in, in Colossians 3, 16. It says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. Let it saturate your soul, the word of God. Let it change you and transform you as you study the Bible together, as you figure out how to apply it and encourage each other in doing that. That's so important. And, and you may say, well, I want to go on to another Bible study too and another Bible study and what we're trying to do is not just load you up with knowledge, but put, put uh, uh, feet to the road in terms of obeying. Well, the last thing I have here is to pray together. What a rich time when we have uh, the opportunity of sharing our concerns, our requests, and having those things prayed for. There are times when somebody's been going through something very difficult. We just set a, ch a chair in the middle of the room and have that person sit there. We just come around that person and pray for them that God would meet uh, their needs, the difficulties, the challenges that they're facing. 
hey, this is, this is what, this is how we grow. We grow in concert with others, looking at the word of God, how we apply it, praying for one another. And, and um, it says in James 5, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. We, we need to um, pray for one another and, and come together in that way. And, and the scripture is very clear. He says, don't stop gathering. Don't stop gathering. You need to continue to gather. You know the word for church is in, in the, the language is assembly. It's a called out one. They're called out to be an assembly. It's the same in the Old Testament. Um, and, and, and what we're told in Hebrews 10 is this, let us not consider how we may, uh, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Do you get that? Uh, another one of those one another's. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, our health is going to be in part, spiritual health is going to be decided by our engagement with other people, that we need to spur them on. They need to spur us on. And, and some were saying, you know, I, I really don't need church anymore. Or, or, or let me say, I know that we're in a, in a pandemic era and it's really tough right now uh, because even what God has created us to need contact and there's so much isolation. I want to challenge you too. Uh, if you're not ready to come back yet, that's fine. But maybe, maybe you are ready to come back and, and to be uh, not, as, as the scripture says, uh, not to give up meeting together. And, and I hope that people who by, by force have had to um, not be able to meet in person. And we, we were shut down for months and months. Uh, but I, I pray that we won't have a problem with people saying, I'm not willing to re-engage. It's easier to do it at home. We need each other. As great as, as our online is and, and we have been able to provide uh, for, for them, that's wonderful. But we need also one another. And so I just want to challenge you on that. Listen, life groups are a very uh, core ministry that we have. Uh, I just want to show you our life group, a, a couple shots. Uh, we, we've got a really a broad life group uh, in, in ages, and we have a, a fantastic time. Uh, we love those, those folks, and we are loved by them. It's so meaningful. Uh, there's, uh, there's one of our Zoom shots uh, where we're meeting uh, together by Zoom. Um, I want you, though, to hear from our, uh, our, uh, a few of our members, we'll just share with you what uh, life groups have meant to them. Hello, Union Alliance Church. My name is Peter McKay, and this is my wife, Vanessa. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jenna Pant. Hi, my name is Mike Snow, and this is my wife, Frances. We'd like to briefly take you through our life group experiences at Unionville Alliance Church. As you may know, Life groups began in 2014 when Pastor Kevin said, not only should we be learning about the Word of God on Sundays, but wouldn't it be great to study it with a small group of members each week? And at first I was a little bit apprehensive. I said, well, my awareness and my 
experience in life groups and, and Bible studies is non-existent. I've never been in one before. Will I be able to contribute? Will I embarrass myself? Not have to worry about my English, my knowledge about Bible, or my background. You may be where we were several years ago and uh, attending Unionville Alliance Church, but still looking for a deeper connection. And our kids um, at that time were very involved in the children's program under Verna's leadership and, and probably knew more people than we did. Time is actually something that has been a challenge. It's been a challenge to make time for Life Group for the last six years. And as a working mom, it's been very difficult, um, you know, to, to juggle everything, uh, especially in, in 2020, and really set aside the time uh, to focus on, uh, you know, the Word and, and spending time with the Bible. But what I've learned over the last six years is none of that pressure applies. Uh, we get together as a group every week. We talk about the topics that we discuss Sunday in church. We ask a few questions. And what we do and what I find really valuable is apply those words to everyone's life what's a challenge, what's a benefit, and just you talk about it. And in talking about it, you apply it and you learn a bunch that I think normally just being in church, you wouldn't necessarily get. I joined my life group in 2016 and have learned more and more about God's word. Life group is a safe place where I can take off my mask, be myself, and find acceptance. We've been part of a life group for uh, several years now and it has uh, really changed our spiritual growth and our, our spiritual walk. For me, Life Group is an opportunity to meet with people that you don't normally take the time to talk to on a Sunday morning because you're rushing around. And, you know, it's a time to just come as you are and go through God's Word, talk about the sermon, talk about how God is impacting your life or has how He has impacted your life in the past. And it's a time to just share and listen to other people and a time to pray. It's so nice to pray with other believers and, and to pray for them. And it's, it's just been an amazing opportunity for us. I've grown to love everyone in our group and it's, it's been a special time. And this life group has really um, afforded me the, uh, the strength and the guidance and the path to uh, make sure that I do that. It's such a critical part of life and uh, also been uh, you know, great uh, prayer warriors in good times and in difficult times uh, you know, when we uh, don't even realize that we need it. So I'm uh, very grateful for that. Over the last six years, we've gotten to know our life group members really, really well. They are what I would deem to be friends now. We, we, we talk about our hardships, we talk about our successes. And the one nice thing about being in a life group is that there are other members who have your back, be they on Sundays at church, be they in life, if you need help, if you need a helping hand, they are there for you. And that's one of the things I greatly appreciate the most. We have uh, been meeting on a, we meet on a weekly basis and have developed some tremendous relationships over that time. And I think really have that connection that we were looking for uh, with our church family. We encourage and care for each other whenever we are down. I remember that there was a night where I share my feeling with everyone that I felt lost. I had a feeling that I did not grow after I got baptized and needed a prayer. Everyone looked at me like I was crazy. They told me that the person who I was that day was a completely different person I was a couple of years ago. Through those reassuring words were 
was I able to find who I really was and my connection with God. Definitely uh, something that we have to work at, but the time invested has been so rewarding and so worth it. And we just love everyone in our group. So if you're not part of a life group or are considering it, please don't wait any longer. It will change your spiritual life. I encourage everyone who is seeking the word of God to join our life group. Thank you. So to summarize, we think they are an excellent use of your time. And if you're not a member today, I strongly suggest giving it a try. Thank you. How cool is that? Uh, musicians, you can come up if you would, please. Um, you know, I, I, I can't say enough about what it means um, to me also. Um, I need their support. I told them, you know, tough luck for you that you got me in your group because I need a lot of prayer. And if you, you guys are with us, then uh, we, we, want, uh, we want to support each other in that way. And, and um, boy, what a, what a blessing this group has been to us. And, and I'm glad uh, for their willingness just to share a little bit about that. You know, I stand here not as a self-made person, not, not as somebody who's, who's anything, but that, that God has put people in my life. And um, starting with my, with my family, <laughs> very basic Christian environment that I had to grow up with, uncles and aunts and, and uh, people in ministry who spoke into my life. I talked about uh, some of these men that God put in my life that I wouldn't be standing here if it weren't for some of these men and women who really encouraged us and, pray, and prayed for us. Uh, I have, I have a, last, last week, our prayer, my prayer partner was here over 22 years every single day praying for me for God's hand to be upon me. As I, as I came into church this morning, I've got a man who, who was one of our elders who prays for me every Sunday morning at eight o'clock. I stand before you humbly as one that has received the blessing of God through friendships and relationships. And, and here we, we stand. And I want to say to you, if you're not involved in a life group, even as some of these people in our group said, um, contact the office. We would love to discuss with you um, uh, your getting into a life group and, and watch God grow you through that experience.
I need you. You need me. God put us in a family to care for each other. I love what Jana said. She said, I, I, I was able to take down the mask and be real. <laughs> can you be real with somebody? Can you share your heart with somebody? Can, can you open up and, and allow God to minister to you through someone? And my prayer is that we would, we would do that. And uh, I just want to encourage you, if you, if you have not you're not in a life group, I want you to consider joining a life group and, and growing together with us in this that God has given to us. And uh, you may be struggling a little bit, uh, and you may need prayer for, for, for something in your life. Uh, you can go online just at the conclusion uh, of our service and uh, go uachome.org slash pray with me, and someone will be happy to meet you there and pray with you online. Hey, let's, let's close in prayer. Father, you created us with this deep need to connect with others. Father, you knew what you were doing when you made us, and, and I pray that rather than resisting what you, how you made us, that we would embrace it and we would help others and we would find help. I just thank you for what these groups have meant to me personally, and I just pray that you would pour out your blessing and that you would strengthen us and grow us in our faith as we en encounter each other in, in, uh, in a face-to-face -face, uh, kind of opportunity. Lord, strengthen us through this, we pray, and we just thank you for all your grace and goodness. Bless us into this week, we pray, in the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you all.